The NBA season has been postponed. In today's episode of the Sixers Beat, Rich and I go over what exactly that means, how long we will be without basketball, where that leaves the Philadelphia 76ers, and most importantly, whether or not the NBA handled this growing coronavirus pandemic correctly. And with that out of the way, everyone, please be safe and enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome everybody. This is Derek Bodner and Rich Hoffman here on the Sixers Beat, part of the Athletic Podcast Network, here to talk to you about the Sixers 124 to 106 win over the... No, we can't. I can't even... (laughs) Joel Embiid, 30 points, 14 rebounds, good performance. Who knows when we'll see him again because the Sixers, the NBA uh, postponed the season, the a mandatory minimum of 30 days. I, I think we should all be realistic that that's the Longer. minimum that doesn't mean they will be back it's sort of like a sixers injury update they will reevaluate the situation in 30 days and we'll see what unfolds after that the sixers i think have a 4 day uh period where they are not even allowed to practice a- and again that is a minimum that is more like a guideline a starting point uh the sixers and the players uh the sixers players coaches and staff uh select staff are in self quarantine right now uh, and they will be looking to get tests for certain for the players and for staff that came into contact with them. So we are still very much in flux. We don't know what is going to shape out from here, but this is a, this is quite the situation, Rich. This is quite the situation. You usually ask me how I'm doing. I have a good uh, idea. I think you know how I'm doing. Probably worse than it's ever been on this show. Um, it's, it's unprecedented. It's certainly unique. And look, I guess we'll start off before we get too deep into the conversation of the actual virus. What was I just what was that scene like on oh, what day was it? What day is it today? I don't even know what day it is. What today is Friday. The game was, Friday, on, a, the game was on Wednesday. Wednesday? I don't know. It's been it's been a week. What was the atmosphere like at the Wells Fargo Center on on Tuesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Come on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. It was ridiculous. Why, why do they play that game? I mean, I, I was telling you the whole time, you know, I feel uncomfortable being here. The only thing that was positive the entire game, the game had zero juice, you know, it was, which isn't unusual for a March game, right? No, especially not one against the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. yeah when, when one team is not playing for much. So that's, I, I want to be clear that that's not unusual at this point of the season, but you know, it was one where. Even though Joe comes back, he kind of messes around a little bit and scores 30 points. Oh, oh great. Horford looks <laughs> – it is some dark humor that Horford seems to be maybe turning a corner and uh, and everything gets shut down, but he played really well. The shake stuff kept going, and I told you the whole time, I was like, man, I got no juice to cover this. And at the time, we just assumed that it was going to be the last game in front of the fans. Right. Um I thought it was ridiculous. Like, before the game, so we, along with Kyle Newbeck usually, and sometimes there are some other people, we usually just sit and watch them warm up on the courtside seats, kind of the other other sideline facing opposite the Sixers bench. So when I went to do that, a security guard quickly said, nah, you can't sit there. 
can't sit there. Not until a certain time. I think he, he said quarter of. I don't know what that meant, if that meant quarter of till the game, blah, blah, blah. If there's anything, and, and that's fine. Like, removing me, that's not a big deal. I, I made the joke on on Twitter that Howard asking no big deal to me. But you just sit there and think. But at quarter of, you're going to let these stands be filled with people. Yep. Those exact seats. You're going to let Guy Fieri walk into those seats. I will say that was the only thing that made me laugh the entire time. <laughs> Guy Fieri walking in during the third quarter. When you see that hair, you just know who it is right away in the middle of the crowd. So that was pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, like, look, and look, the Sixers are not alone in this. I think literally every sports league dragged its heels on this to an extent that it is probably unacceptable. But for them to play that game was ridiculous after the Philadelphia Health Organization. I I hope I'm saying that right. Basically, the city of Philadelphia recommended no gatherings of more than 5,000 people. Well, I, like, holy shit, like, there's way more than 5,000 right. people in the Wells Fargo which, Center. And which, by the way, the, the day after, I think the uh, city of Philadelphia banned public gatherings of more than 1,000 for 30 days. So, yeah. A lack of foresight. And then when you see the news after the game, I mean, you know, I didn't really feel like talking about Joel after the game or, or Horford or any of that stuff. And then after the game... You know, I, I guess during it, I was watching on League Pass because I was following on Twitter and some people from Oklahoma City, it was like Royce Young, Eric Horan, people like that, were saying, hey, this game isn't happening right now. And you look over at League Pass and it's just Quinn Snyder and Billy Donovan talking at half court, trying to figure out stuff. And eventually that game gets canceled. And then, so so then we go to the post game press conference afterwards, and we know this is going to be the last game with fans for a long time here. But still, you know, maybe we can talk about whatever the game, blah blah blah. And then you get the news from I think Shams had it first the the news that Rudy Gobert had coronavirus and that they were testing everybody. And then I, I think it might have been like four minutes later. Now, the only decision that could be made was that uh, the NBA postponed its season. But, I mean, just, just back to the mood. I mean, it's, it's the most surreal night I think we've ever had. We've had some pretty surreal nights down there. It's been, a, it's been some goofy stuff that has happened from a basketball standpoint. But, uh, yeah, that, that was one of the weirdest nights I've ever been a part of. And really, I shouldn't have been a part of it, at least not. With that many fans, it was ridiculous that they played all those games or they played that game in front of all those people. Yeah, once so you you knew coming into the day that Rudy Gobert was sick, and then once they postponed that game, you like you knew there was a chance, and once they then, you know, announced that Rudy had coronavirus, the decision to postpone the season came down swift. It came down within minutes. And you know that they had a contingency. They had it planned out where if a player contracted coronavirus, they were going to postpone the season. Like, this is not a decision they made in the matter of 10 minutes. So why were we and 20,000, and there weren't 20,000 people, but there were probably 15,000 people at that game. Like, it was a, a pretty packed game considering everything that was going on. Why were we and 20,000 people packed into that stadium when they knew they were going to postpone the season if a player got it? Did they really think they were going to be able to go 
the next couple of months to finish out the season without a player contracting a virus that is spreading uncontrolled? Like, did they really think they were going to be able to skate by that long and not have anyone associated with the league contracted? Like, did they think they were superhuman? Like, how did they think this was going to play out? So if they already knew they were going to postpone the season if and when somebody got this virus. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you waiting for? What are we doing? Like, what uh, was the decision really just like, hey, let's play out the season for as long as we can until the inevitable happens. Like, why were we all put at risk for this virus when this was like, if you go to infectious disease control and stopping the spread of a pandemic, public gatherings is like step number one. It was step one. And look, I get, you know, the Golden State Warriors, they postponed their game first. That came down from a city ordinance. It wasn't like the team made that decision or the NBA made that decision no, they so got su- gonna- they got suggested and then told, which would have happened right. in the would have happened to the Sixers too. Right, but I don't like it's. I'm not putting this all on the Sixers. And look, this is a tough decision to come to. Like, there's not only because there's the obvious financial implications for the Sixers. There's people who have their lives, hourly workers who have their lives based on this, and it's good that Sixers are now taking care of them. Uh, that should have been preventative. Like that should have been from the jump. The Sixers should have had that planned out. Let's cancel games before we have to and pay these workers so we don't have to worry about spreading a disease. Whenever you look at, I'm so, I'm so frustrated. This is going to take a second here. Um, whenever you look at preventing disease, so, social gatherings are, are, are number one. This needed to be more of a priority for the league. It needed to be more of like, if they knew this was the action they were going to take, this should have been done beforehand. And look, I, I think a lot of people are still of the belief that this is just a flu. Why are we reacting like this? No, it's not. Like when you start looking at the mortality rates in China, 60 to 69, we're talking about just under 5%. 70 to 79, we're talking about like 10%. 80 plus, we're talking about 18%. Like these, this gets like legitimately scared. Maybe you, me and you, and a lot of people listen to this podcast, maybe it doesn't impact them directly. Like we are most likely, me, myself, I was more at risk driving to that game than I was Dying of the coronavirus. Probably, yeah. But I have an 84-year-old grandmother who has heart problems. In fact, she's going out to Cleveland very soon, next week, for an evaluation. Probably going back out there in a couple weeks. I am deathly scared of her contracting this virus. Like, those numbers, when you start looking at it, and look, seasonal flu has a mortality rate for people 65 older of 0.8%. Coronavirus, just looking at all of 60+, plus, we're talking about, like, six, seven, eight percent. We're talking about eight or nine times more deadly than the seasonal flu. It is not the same. It is spreading at a rate. It is not the same both in terms of its 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 impact and the mortality rate. And it's not the same in terms of how it spreads. If you start looking at the R naught of it, it is much, much more like I think the average person spreads it to two point three people or three people per person infected. It's it's spreading much more than the flu. And we have no real way to to handle this. So I'm very scared. Like I will, she she's going out there for a consultation. I will not go see her because I was in that arena because I want to be have an abundance of caution. Yep. Because her contracting the virus is much different than me contracting the virus. And everybody listening to this podcast has a high risk person that they know. Everybody, you know, I have I have a grandfather who's similar age has real real pro- problems with breathing. Everybody has multiple people in their lives that they know. And you should be, if, even if you're not scared of yourself getting it, you should be scared of them getting it. You should be scared of, of, of passing it to somebody you meet in a supermarket who they have high-risk people that they know. And the number one thing we have to do, the num- the, these, these numbers that I, I just referenced, 18%, 80 plus, terrifying. 
absolutely fucking frightening. The number one thing we have to do is make sure that that bell curve doesn't overwhelm our public health system. That these numbers don't get worse because we don't have a method of dealing with it. In order to do that, we like things like the NBA taking a pro- proactive measure, not when not when a player has it, before a player has it, was such so crucial. Like these public gatherings cannot happen. Rudy Gobert, and look, I don't like Rudy Gobert is getting a lot of shit because he touched all the microphones. And deservedly so. I don't think Rudy Gobert is a bad person. I don't think his actions were malicious. I think he was, I, I don't think that should define who he is for the rest of his playing career. But it was ignorant. It was very, very ignorant. And should he get grief for that? Yes, because you can't, you can't learn from that if you excuse it. And he should not have done that. And I think he realizes that now. I've seen a lot of people say like, oh, well, he didn't know he had it at the time, so you can't hold it against him. No, you can't. You, you cannot be reckless. And that was reckless. And I think the NBA was reckless. I think given that we know that they were going to cancel once somebody in the association got tested positive, they should have canceled beforehand. Take that proactive measure, help stop the spread, help flatten out that curve and and save lives. And I think they came to the right conclusion, but it's very frustrating that it took that long to get there. All right, we'll continue in one second. But before that, a quick word from DoorDash. DoorDash has something for every lifestyle. On the go with no time to waste, order pick up and pass the line. DoorDash is more than just delivery, and delivery is more than just pizza in 2020. With a selection of your favorite flavors from across the globe, you can order world cuisine from the comfort of your living room with DoorDash. You've got big plans for 2020, but when will you find the time to do it all? Order delivery with DoorDash and take back time in your day to finish that novel, shred that workout, or clean the cupboard. DoorDash brings all of America's flavors to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 310,000 restaurant partners in 4,000 cities, so you might find a new favorite, too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SIXERS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SIXERS. Don't forget, that's code SIXERS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And now back to the show. And it just, to me, it, it how I would frame it is, at worst, you're proactive and you shut down for a couple of weeks and everybody laughs at you and says, right. oh man, you guys were way too cautious. Like, isn't that a good thing? Because yeah, it's like you said, it's kind of just a, a moral responsibility not to come into contact with people right now because, yeah, I mean, we are so far behind other countries in terms of testing. It was amazing that the Utah Jazz and their traveling party, uh, one person who we know personally who covers them, were all able to get tested that night because that just doesn't happen for pretty much anybody else. At the time they got tested on Wednesday night, they had accounted, the Utah Jazz and the people around them had accounted for just about 1% of all the tests done in the United States. Crazy. Like we're talking, we're talking as a country of 329 million and 7,000 people have been tested. 7,000. Put that in perspective. The Netherlands, a, a country of 17 million people, has had 6,000 people tested. We're talking about the same number of tests, basically, 
for a, a country that is one twentieth of the size. And it's like I said, the primary goal right now is flattening that curve, making it so that that spike isn't unmanageable for our, our public or our health system. And to have so few people tested and so few people know if they're carriers, it is unconscionable. And it's a huge failure. And this is not that kind of a podcast. We are, we are not a politics podcast. But the response to this has been shitty, which means that the the people who can't control what they can't control, for the, the, the city workers, to the teams, to concert venues, to um, artists and, and performers, they need to be vigilant because right now we're behind the ball. And uh, I mean, it, 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 the league needs to be shut down. It just it needs to be shut down. It's a shame. Like, I know a lot of people listening to this are pissed off. I know a lot of people probably think this is an overreaction. But like you were saying, I'd rather overreact than the opposite. Like, a lot of times, the success in this instance will look like an overreaction. Like, if if what is done is successful, we will look back and say, well, that was stupid. In truth, it wasn't stupid. It's just it looks like that threat wasn't there because it was managed well. And right now, I'm worried that uh, we're nowhere near the worst of this. Yeah. Just seems like it from from everything you read and any sort of public health expert, they will say that. And yeah, the the fact that that game was played, it you know, we know who the the Jazz played four nights before. Yeah, yep. the The, the very reason the Sixers players were under self quarantine, I think uh, Christian Wood went up against Rudy Gobert for like sixty three possessions. That's not perfect. He was he was very involved in that game against Joel Embiid. The uh, and you know I think it was, I guess in in this case it was somewhat good news. Hopefully that only one other person tested. Like I think that's kind of crazy that Donovan Mitchell was the only other person who tested positive for it among the I don't know was it like fifty eight fifty nine people who had been in contact with Gobert. So that at least is a positive. But yeah, it's it's scary and and the um, the public gatherings like you said it just. They should have been quicker to to shut it down, and it's not just the Sixers, but they they should have shut that down. No, it was a whole league, and like the Sixers basically said, the league encouraged us to to play, so we played. Here's and a question: Do you think if Gobert doesn't contract that, they're they're still playing in empty arenas? Oh, for sure. Yep. Yep. So you, I mean, you could argue what what happened to him is one of the more important things it, to I, happen to the league. Like, not only the league, but look at how many leagues after that shut down. Not yeah, played in empty stadiums, the country. but shut down. Does all that... I mean, I guess there's two ways to look at it. Either this, the NBA would have followed other leagues in shutting down, or maybe the other leagues don't shut down if the Rudy Gobert situation doesn't happen. You can you can argue that this was good for public health, especially yeah. if there's no spread like those 58 people tested. You can, you can argue that this ended up, you know, sort of illuminating people who were maybe a little bit in the dark on how to handle this. I mean, think about how fast things moved. There were, I don't know, four or five NBA games played in front of full audiences on Wednesday night. And on Thursday night, there was some concert in Denver where people were, uh, I think it was Post Malone, where where people were all congregated. And I think the general reaction to it was, what the hell is going on? And that's just only in 24 hours. And that might have been, might have been the only one I saw too. So, you know, the, philosophy on this is changing very rapidly yep. yeah and, and I, do, uh, I do think the nba would have eventually gotten to the right place it's just it needed to happen sooner it needed to happen sooner so what about the sixers themselves 
Uh, did they play? No, they they, they did. But like, what about their? You you've done some a little reporting on that, right? What? Yeah, I mean they're 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 getting they're getting tested. They're in self isolation. Uh, they didn't say how long they were going to be isolated for. Um, they are working to get all of the players tests for COVID nineteen. Um, and some of the team officials who were in close proximity to them, you know, I think they will. The reason it's not everyone is because those tests are still frustratingly difficult to uh, to acquire. But yeah, and look. Like you said, the fact that only Donovan Mitchell of the 58 people who were tested came back positive, it does show that some of the measures they were taking to, you know, to stop the spread were, I, th- I think, working. Like, I do give them credit for being proactive in terms of, like, the media policy. We had to stay six to eight feet away. I think they were taking the right measures in that regard. It's just there were no reason. Like, you look at some of the recommendations the Sixers made before the game, and it's like, you know, if you're... If, if you're feeling sick, if you're in close contact with somebody who had COVID-19, if you have underlying health conditions, if like you have cardiac yeah, if issues, you, if you've had like, close contact, it's like, nobody knows if they have it. Right. What, what are you talking about? Again, going back to 7,000 tests, like we don't, we don't, we don't know who the carriers are. So it was just, it was not strong enough. It was not strong enough. Let's pause for one brief break to tell you about the black tux. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suitor tuxedo for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? It turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suitor tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it out one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suitor tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code Sixers. That's theblacktux.com code Sixers for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. And now back to the show. Neither was putting Elton Brand and Brett Brown out there oh, that after was, the game. Look, Brett Brown and Elton Brand had – and look, we weren't going to ask questions about Joel Embiid's performance. That's not what the story was. <laughs> Brett Brown and Elton Brand had zero to do with that decision to play that game. Zero to do. There is plenty when Elton Brand gets up there, plenty of times when I'm going to ask him a really hard question. Most times, honestly. Uh, this is not one of them. No. He had nothing to do with it. And I didn't I, I didn't see if, if Josh Harris was in the building that night. I don't think Scott O'Neill. Scott O'Neill was standing five feet away from the CEO of the Sixers. He would have been a better person to put up there and answer questions about why that game was played. Brett Brown and, and Elton Brand had nothing to do with that. It was. It was. A, I mean, and look, this was a very fast-moving thing. But the Sixers again dropped the ball there because they needed somebody up there who was involved in the decision, who knew all the particulars of why that game was played and what went into arriving at that decision. The Sixers should have had somebody up there to explain that, and they didn't. 
I think the Warriors had Rick Welts a few days before. Now, I think, you know, before uh, crowning him or anything, that was after they got the ordinance to just, you can't play anymore in front of, in front of people. But yeah, it's, I mean, th- those guys, they're, they're basketball operations people. They are not making that decision. Um, it was dumb to have, I mean, it just didn't make any sense. Elton Brand looked completely shell-shocked. Up no, there. they, I mean, I, I think they had just gotten the Kyle. news. Yeah. I think it was Kyle who asked like, was it irresponsible play? And Elton just, he didn't, he didn't answer. And then Brett didn't have anything and, and talked. Yeah. If Brett and, wasn't and there, that would not Elton, have been answered. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been up there. He shouldn't be up there in the first place. Yep. Ugh. So we have no games to go to, no practices to go to. I'm not entirely sure what that means over the next month. I'm not entirely sure what that means over the next two years. You know, if they, I saw Mark Cuban say that the NBA season could go on into August, which is just mind boggling. But like, that's only like a month and a half puts us into August. A six-week layoff puts us into August, assuming that they play all 82 and the, the postseason. Well, if you do that, then what is free agency going to be in September? And then you need you know, two or three months off so the players can recuperate? Or are we going to start the next season in December? Like, How does that influence not only the, re- the end of this season, but the, the, the entire 2020-2021 season, the following season after that as we try to condense and get back, back to normalcy? How are you going to be able to book arenas to play all these games? How are you going to schedule it? How are you going to get all the workers, all the temp seasonal workers who probably have seasonal jobs in the summer? How are you going to get them to cover games and and, and work the arena? How are you? It, there's so many logistical dealing details. with concert availabilities. In the yeah, that didn't exist. Like this is this is going to be a a mess. Which again, I think is part of why there is so much resistance and inertia to arriving at what was realistically the right decision. But. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what the league is going to look like in a month. I don't know what we're gonna. Our podcast, our coverage is going to look like in a month. It's really, and to be honest, that's very low on my priority list. Like I said, everybody listening to this podcast knows someone at risk, and you should take this uh, take this disease seriously. It is not the common flu. It is not the common cold, and we shouldn't treat it as such. Yeah, and I think the the main point there with the NBA and with everything, the the main thing I would say with us is, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, and the NBA is going to be following, you know, the, the lead from how this transpires in America. And I think, you know, I, I can kind of guess that it, it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. So I, I don't know, man. I think there's like a real possibility that this NBA season doesn't happen. Um, and there's a chance it gets, it gets next because, of this unprecedented health event in, in everyone's lifetime, pretty much who's alive. Um, but I, I just want to prepare everybody for the possibility. It, like, you know, would I be, you know, would I be stunned if, if in two months we're in an arena and we're feeling okay and we're, we're covering games? No, but, but I, I think I would be a little bit surprised if that happened. Um, just because like, you know, we can't, we, we got to keep hammering this home. The public gathering aspect of this is just, I, I mean, this business, professional sports is going to be affected more than a lot of other businesses because they make a lot of money from people showing up all in the same place. And that yep. is something that can't happen right now. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. And I mean, look, it, it's, it's, it's like, it's like you said, when, when I saw silver on inside the NBA last night, 
It was just like, you know, we're, we're shutting down for a month. And I think that was, you hit it exactly on the head. It, that totally felt like, it felt exactly like the Ben Simmons update we just got on the talk to us in three weeks type of thing. Because they, they just don't know. You know, I think a lot of people were getting mad at us because our podcasts were not very uplifting and they were getting depressing. I'm not sure this one changed that uh, changed that viewpoint, but no. this is a, a little different. We're not talking about- We'll find about, some stuff to do. We're not hopefully. talking about Al Horford's jumpers anymore. It's a little more serious. We'll, we'll find some stuff to do. And to be honest, you know, we'll figure something out. I, I would say maybe moving off of this current Sixers team, if we can find something, maybe that's- the, the smallest of silver linings for our... Well, I think I think Synergy goes back to uh, like 2005. So we have a lot of games we can watch. Maybe we we'll, watch we'll start Andre, covering the... Uh, the Doug Andre Collins Miller pick years. and rolls. Yeah. yeah. Eddie Jordan. We can, we can go criticize Eddie Jordan. Oh, I don't want to criticize Eddie Jordan. Oh, I, I spent years doing that. Let's find something else. Anyway. Yeah, it is... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'll be talking to you about the next time we talk. Um... We'll figure something out. It we won't will. be. It won't be all gloom and doom. In the in the meantime, everybody, stay safe. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good one, Rich. See you, man.